Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. If you enjoy listening to Corology, then I need your help. Here's why. I create Corology by myself on a shoestring budget, recording and editing every episode in my tiny closet. How's that for irony? That's where you come in. Will you help keep Corology on the air by supporting it financially? By tipping as little as $1 a month, you can help me improve and keep making Corology every week. All you have to do is jump over to MatthiasRoberts.com support to make a pledge and listen away. Hey friends, this is Matthias Roberts and you're listening to Queerology, a podcast on belief and being. This is episode 63. One of the things that has upset me the most was walking into like a Barnes and Noble and not being able to find devotionals or story that spoke to my experience. Crystal Cheatham is the founder and creator of Our Bible App, an app for LGBTQ and progressive people of faith who live at the margins. She's an LGBTQ rights activist with a focus on religious liberty. And since 2011, Crystal has worked simultaneously as a ghostwriter and a queer rights activist with groups such as Soul Force and the Attic Youth Center. As an entrepreneur, Crystal is the founder of two other projects, Follow the Red Balloon and the Identity Kit, both of which provide resources for marginalized communities of faith. As an outspoken activist, she's written for the Huffington Post, the Philadelphia Gay Newspaper, she sat as a Faith and Spirituality Chair for a Steering Committee at the HRC, and she's the host of Lord Have Mercy, a podcast about God, sex, and the Bible. Crystal's been featured in Teen Vogue, Autostraddle, LGBTQ Nation, among others, and I am so excited to have her on the podcast today. We're talking about her app, our Bible app, uh, and the need for inclusive faith communities. (laughs) which is like what this podcast is all about. But Crystal has created an absolutely incredible one uh, over on her app. Uh, She'll tell you more about it in the episode. Before we dive in a couple things, uh, registration has opened for a QCF conference in Chicago. That's happening January 10th through 13th in in downtown Chicago, Illinois. We're doing a live episode of Queerology there. That will actually happen this time. Uh, And then I'm also leading a workshop slash breakout session on developing sustainable resilience practices. Uh, So that's going to be a ton of fun. Come hang out with us in Chicago. Uh, You can find out all the information you want for that at qchristian.org. And I think that's everything. So let's go ahead and dive in. Crystal, hi, welcome. Hi, Matthias. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. Uh, So the question I ask everyone, uh, how do you identify? And then how would you say that your faith has helped form that identity? Um, well, that's pretty easy. At least the first part, I identify as a a straight and narrow lesbian. I am (laughs) so gay. Yes. (laughs) There's no going back. Yeah. Um, and I think that my faith has enabled me to live out my identity, uh, in what feels the most natural, um, yeah, I feel loved by my God and I feel supported by my holy book. And 
I think those are the the two things that have kind of propelled me forward um, in my orientation. So tell me more about like what that relationship has kind of been like, because um, you, you said like propelled you forward. Um, I don't know. I just I feel um, at home and and embraced um, by the Bible and the messages that um, I guess I theologize for myself. So um, I think that it's a combination of feeling cradled uh, by the whole, my holy book and my relationship with God, but also just feeling so incensed that other people would have any say on uh, what my relationship with God is that has kind of made me dig deeper and continue to move forward. Yeah. You mentioned the Bible and like, I feel like that so much of your work that you're doing in the world centers around this holy text of, of kind of making it accessible for people who otherwise, or maybe have been told in the past that it's not accessible for queer people. Yeah. Um, could you tell me a little bit about like what has brought you, what have, what brought you to doing that work? Well, I was raised a Seventh-day Adventist, and so I was in a really fundamental space uh, as far as my faith was concerned. And um, I truly believed uh, not only um, the, the Bible, uh, but also the Bible rhetoric and the theology and the dogma that my church community uh, put out. And so um, when I came out, I felt as if I had been tricked or disillusioned to think that, you know, um, people who don't believe Christians are heathens or um, people who are unbelievers are somehow uh, sinners and, and, you know, um, or that, you know, LGBTQ people uh, have a choice and are living out that choice contrary to what God says. So there were a lot of things that kind of were revealed as untrue. Um, and in, in my search to kind of figure out what was true and what wasn't and what I believed for myself, um, I stumbled across activists who also believed the things that, or were searching through the things that I was. And um, I think the real turning point for me was working with Soul Force. Um, because at the time I had created the Identity Kit Project, which was a way to kind of push out the knowledge that I had discovered into the world. And um, I think the only thing that was really missing from that work was the fight, you know, and with Soul Force, I learned how angry I was and how justified my anger was. And I think it is definitely and honestly the anger, the sheer white hot anger that has uh, allowed me to continue doing this work and take it up as, as um, I guess, uh, a life mantle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
mean, that, that anger sounds like an incredibly motivating force, like yeah, to say I the least. Yeah, I think anger is good. Mm-hmm. 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 Could, you, could, you, could you say more about that? Because like, I feel like so often, especially for those of us who come from more Christian environments, we're taught that anger is a negative emotion and that we should squash it. I mean, I believe anger is very good too. Um, <laughs> I'd love to hear yeah. more about that. Like, I guess I really love that um, Bible story of Jesus getting furious when he walked into the temple and everybody had set up their wares and um, what he wanted was for that space to be holy, to be apart from the rest of the world. And uh, whoever had decided it was okay to create a market in that space was really wrong. And I love that story because it shows that there are really good uh, uses for anger. Um, And I love seeing, uh, like, you know, the the image in my head of Jesus walking into this place and and tipping over tables and scaring chickens and, and just, like, so disgusted. You know, I think those emotions are really strong and they're very helpful um, in making the path forward clear, you know? Um, yeah, I, I think there are lots of things that have, that have happened um, I th- with uh, in our society. I think, you know, I don't know if we would have the president that we have if people weren't more comfortable with their anger. Um, and I'm not talking about like violent anger. I'm talking about just getting so emotionally passionate about something that you get up and go outside and do something about it. Whether it's a protest, whether it is um, putting your physical body in front of, of, uh, of a lawmaker, you know, or writing a letter or starting a group or um, dismantling, dismantling a, a, a system of oppression that, that, is, that no one is, is challenging, but everybody knows is there. So I think anger is the thing that really allows people to do that. Yeah, I mean, that makes me think of of just how anger is such an energetic force that it that it requires movement and, and that, that, that getting out there and doing something seems like such a vital, vital part of it. Yeah. And so for me, I wanted to do it with my whole life, you know, and I can't say that I always thought that I would end up here (laughs) before I created the app. I was working as a ghostwriter and I really, really enjoyed that work. Um, But, you know, the, I didn't, I couldn't stop myself (laughs) is basically what happened. (laughs) Yeah. So so you mentioned the app. Um, Tell me a little bit about it. Like, like you, you started our Bible app. I mean, it's been a journey to get there, but it, it launched this last year. Yeah, we launched in February. Our Bible app is a progressive Christian uh, media hub. And uh, basically, if you uh, log on and get in there, you'll be able to access free Bibles and paid Bibles. Um, you'll be able to view a, uh, a small bookstore, hopefully that's growing and um, hundreds of daily devotionals that are pro-women and um, inclusive of interfaith and uh, 
affirming of LGBTQ people and so social justice minded. And some of them talk about current events and um, the people who are writing them are all thought leaders of this progressive movement. Um, And it's just such a fun space. Um, And I'm hoping to continue to make it a community space for those of us who lack community, you know? So there's also a chat room and we're trying to find ways to, um, yeah, always make it more, more um, open and, and community driven. One thing that, that was really fascinating to me and, and that I love about the app are these devotions that you mentioned. Like, yeah. and, and that's, that's so interesting because I feel like for me, coming from my background, like devotions had a very specific thing. And there's something that I like since have like shied away from, like, I don't really want anything to do with them but yeah. in in and this app there's they're like they're so good <laughs> they are they are yeah I mean, you would think that like that like um there, there wouldn't be anything out there because you know we have all of these like conservative christian outlets who are constantly publishing things that are so anti-us <laughs> anti-progressive everything but what we have discovered is that it, the difference is that people people are writing, people are creating, but those who have the power to publish and disseminate that stuff won't because they just they, they don't want to, you know. And so the people that we're tapping to write, I mean, they've been already they've been doing this for a long time. They have blogs, they have books that they have self-published or they have uh, released via presses and um, they understand the world through this very progressive, very inclusive uh, lens. And I want to give them a platform. I want to give these people a place to uh to to tell their stories you know and to show the world what their theology is like because somewhere along the way um christianity got really dirty and really gross and really ugly and so (laughs) we really want to um take that name back and kind of dust it off so that it's 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 not just a, a tradition of exclusion but a tradition that is actually what i think Jesus wanted, and I know it sounds so Christian to say that, you know, what would Jesus do? What does Jesus want? But really, like, I, I, I don't think that um, the Jesus of the Bible would look at what Christianity is today, especially with what's going on in evangelicalism, and and say that's that's what I started, you know. I mean, so, so so you mentioned this trying to bring in a community element uh, to to the app as well, and and I feel like that's something like for me, especially like doing this podcast, I've realized like there 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 are a few communities out there uh, for queer people of faith for for people who are sitting in more progressive spaces, um, but there aren't that many, and and I think that that's such a vital and needed space for people to be able to come whenever they want and have that built-in community. Like what, what does community mean for you? Like what, why is that such an important piece of this app? You know, I think community is really important to me. Having people who uh, speak uh, from the same place that I do, who um, have a vision of the world that is like mine, 
and who care about other people the way that I care about people. That's really important. And I used to be able to find that at church. I used to be able to show up and and sing and com- commune and eat with these people and and worship and pray and then also be able to study and work together. You know, it was like we helped each other. We were there for each other. We bounced ideas off of each other and we prayed together. And since I came out, I have been hard pressed to find a church that um, allows me to do all of those things with people. And I know, I mean, people will listen to this and say, please come to our church, but I'm in Philadelphia and all of the churches that I have visited in Philly are shy of something in in some way. And so what I want to do is is create a network of people um, who I know are out there um, and a place, and right now it is virtual, where we can share in in some of that, that good, good, that good stuff that comes with, with um, being able to share ideas and, and thoughts and, and prayers and, and, um, and all those things together. Yeah. There's something so beautiful in having that, that space that, that can function. I, I, what I'm thinking about is like you, you mentioned having that, all of that met in a church before you came out. And I feel like there's so many people who myself included, who yearn to have that space again but can't for one reason or another. Um, yeah. Community, I guess community for me is where the spirit is, you know, like you can end up having church anywhere with anybody. They don't have to be a believer, but that we are each spiritual beings, whether you honor it and, and practice a religion or a faith, it doesn't matter. We are all so spiritual. And so when we come together and we share in, in laughter and we share in ideas, you know, we, we are having a kind of church. And so that's, that's what I hope to create and recreate um, as we invite people uh, to use the app and to use the chat and to join us online um, and interact because without it, we suffocate. Without it, we die. Without it, we, we think that we are not important. Um, and that is one of the biggest tools that conservatism has used is isolation. Um, isolation of the queer person, isolation of the trans person in the church, isolation of the person who doesn't dress in heels uh, or whatever, you know. And, and so many of us have decided to leave that space, but we still have that spiritual desire, that spiritual thing that, that makes us human. And so... Um, what I've discovered is that there are pockets of, of uh, progressive Christian communities, um, but we don't have a central nervous system, say like the uh, National Religious Broadcasters, which is conservative, and they have members and syndicated um, publishers and, uh, and um, radio, um, radio outlets around the world, right? So we don't have that one thing that pulls us all together and, 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 and feeds us. And so what I have started to do is to build that nervous system, build that, build those connections as a central hub for um, progressive content. So we have churches that are starting to create partners with ships with us. We have, you know, I stumbled across Alter Guild, 
which is a, um, a podcast and book collective created by uh, some pastors in the Midwest. And their stuff is so good, but I never would have known unless I was, I was at their church or, or, or in their immediate community. And so what I want is for you and I to be able to access that really good content, that stuff that like really speaks to our heart and those people who share our same values of openness and affirmation and inclusivity um, and be able to share community with them. Yeah, I mean, because because you're right. Like there, it, it seems like there are so many people out there in the world who are doing this kind of work, but finding them is so yeah. hard. Like <laughs> it's it's it takes so much work to even to even if they're putting it out there. To there is like you said, there is no central nervous system. No, it's a needle in a haystack life, man. And so that is my job. You know, I spend hours a week just scrolling through uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and trying to find those people who are doing that good work, you know, um, and it's hard, you know, it's really easy to stumble across bad theology, you know, churches that seem affirming. And then, you know, once you, once you poke a little bit, you break down the wall and you realize that they are just as trash as the next one. <laughs> so, so, um, if people trust me, yeah, I'm trying to do that work. I'm trying to make sure that the content that gets onto the app is not going to trigger you or offend you or uh, anything like that, but will lift you up, you know, and give you hope. And um, maybe not so much in in religion or Christianity, but hopefully in the person that has written it um, and their journey and what it was. So so, so I'm curious, because you're talking about... Um... This, this very inclusive and, and open community and, um, and interfaith work. Um, why a Bible app? Because in my like conservative years, <laughs> that's like those things seem mutually exclusive. And and what I'm hearing you say is like they don't have to be. Oh no, I I don't. And I think in making the app, I had to be true to myself. And my experience is a Christocentric one. And so far be it for me to create something. Um, about spirit work that doesn't include my experience, you know? Um, but I didn't want it to be just for Christians because so many of us identify as spiritual, but not religious. Um, and so making, giving access to the Bible, because I think that the Bible is so important. I think that, um, I mean, as Chris Stroop has said, you can, you can read it in whatever voice you really want to, you know, you can take it literally, or you can, or you can just understand the stories as, as guides for your life. But I just think the Bible is so rich of knowledge, the kind of timeless knowledge that doesn't pass away. You know, people can say that Shakespeare is timeless. Um, and people can say that the Bible is timeless. And I don't know how to create a, a spirit centered, application, an app, or a community without some kind of holy book as, um, as a pillar or as a guide, you know? And eventually, I think it would be really cool to create something for um, the progressive Muslim community, but that would have to be a partnership, you know, because that's not my faith background. Um, or the, the um, uh, reformative 
or uh, is it deconstruction or or reformation of the of the Jewish faith? I don't know. See, oh, I, don't know I can't yeah. even speak to it. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but for but I think that America is um, predominantly Christian, and many of us come in and out of faith through this this space, this Christian space. And so my idea was I can't catch everybody, but I can catch those who who understand it from a Christocentric space. And we can offer people things along the spectrum. So if you are at the shallow end and you identify as agnostic, um, you believe that there is a God, but you don't believe in the, the narrative put forth by the Bible, you will find stuff in the app that, that speaks to your heart and gives you a way to meditate and to um, reflect on the world and your emotions. And if you are kind of in the middle like me, there's lots of stuff for you. And if you really do believe in the Bible canon and it helps to guide your thoughts and your actions in life, then you will find things that are that are very biblical, that are even hermeneutical, you know, in 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 their exegesis of the text. So um yeah, I, I say interfaith and and I'm trying to make it as interfaith as I can. I mean, I don't know. I think the one thing that um besides like tradition and culture that really keeps religions apart is ex- to is to be exclusionary, you know, to other people to say you are other, you are outsider, therefore you are not one of us and also we are better than you. And I just don't want the app that I have created to ever say that my religion because I'm Christian Christian is better than your religion because you're Muslim. Like that makes no sense to me because so much of religion is wrapped in culture, is wrapped in tradition and ritual, you know? Those things that like that like make you close to your community. Um, and and like once you rip that off, like once you take that skin off the 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 underneath, like it's it's it it's pretty much all the same, you know. <laughs> we believe in a God, and we believe that we honor ourselves by by and that God by using how we live our life. You know, you y'all just announced on Twitter not too long ago that you're. You're doing some stuff for the holidays on that yeah, app. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear about that because because you highlight the fact that holidays can be really, really hard for yeah. queer people of faith, um, which is so true. Yes. We have some really cool things coming up. And I think the the funnest part is just going to be our chat areas. And so today we we recorded a, a video. It's so cute. It's, it's kind of framed in the... Um, the fashion of the office and we're just trying to get people to visit our chat rooms because they're so fun when you do get to chat with people um, that you've never met before. I mean, like, I don't know, I grew up in the nineties. And so that was like a huge part of my after school thing was like coming home yes. and sitting on, on Yahoo messenger or MSN messenger and just like chatting with people. Um, and I see that as like a very real space for, for us to find each other. So we're going to open up and maintain a um, an OBA holiday chat for the entire week this week uh, leading up to Thanksgiving and after. And um, hopefully we'll make some new friends in there. <laughs> um, we also have some amazing um, 
authors who have written for us and will be rolling out their devotionals over the next couple of weeks. That's so needed to have that space, especially for people who are going back to family or hometown or oh, yeah. whatever situations that are potentially unsafe or at least non-supportive. Non-supportive, unsafe, you know, even if you do have a very lovely and open family, but you just don't have any, um, but your, your views on Trump are different, you know, your views on whether you should go to church are different or your views on gay people are different. Like, <sighs> You can't take that, you know, for an entire week at a time. And so we want to be able to share our stories together. Um, we want to be able to um, lift each other up and, um, you know, just be in community and find spirit, you know, in these chat rooms. And uh, we had such a good chat with Ana Yelsi. Uh, Ana did a 10-day um, devotional for us during you know, the beginning of the fall. And there were like, there were like seven of us in the chat room. And I think about three of us were actually talking, but I ended up laughing so hard, you know, and realizing that we had a lot more in common than just using the app, you know, and I want people to have access to that. Like, it's so fun. Believe me. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here. Like I need to, I need to jump into Wait that. Like... Chat room. Please, please. I will add so you. Fun. Yeah. It'd be so fun. So, so, so we're talking about community and, and the holidays. Um, and, and, and I'd be curious maybe to shift into something maybe a, a little bit more theological, without having to be theological, but <laughs> I feel like your app is all around, is all about like the particular experience of people who are on the margins, whether that's queer, uh, whether that, I mean, any number of things. I'd be, I'd be curious, like as, as we jump back in and engage the texts that had been given, that have been given to us in certain ways and then engage them in, in new ways. Um, what what do you think the power is in that around Advent or like like a queer Advent or or any any number of things? I, I don't know if that even makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm picking up what you're putting down. I think that there has always been power in story. You know, before we had the Bible canon, you know, people passed along the stories of Moses and Abraham and Noah through a an oral tradition. You know, and story ignites our imaginations and helps us to formulate ideas of who we are and who we can be. It's so exciting, you know, and so many of the, of the writings that come out during Christmas are, I mean, they're just full of imagination. They're just, they're so storyful. And one of the things that has upset me the most, the thing that made me, that put fire in my belly and was like, I, I need to do something about this was walking into like a Barnes and Noble and not being able to find devotionals or story that spoke to my experience, you know, that validated me that said that you do exist too. And look how quirky and fun you are, or look at this problem that we are dealing with. And this is how you can do it. Here's a tool, you know, like I, I didn't get that. And I thought, there are so many people who do write this stuff. So why isn't it here? Um, and so that's what I, that's what I think is, is really powerful about this Advent season and these devotionals. It's that these 
marginalized people are writing it, theologizing their experiences, their queer experiences, their person of color experiences, their immigrant experiences, their first, their, uh, their Native American or First Nation experiences. And I mean, like that, that is something that um, a story is something that knits us together, I want to say, as Americans, because I even after all of this, I'm still a very patriotic person. Um, but it's also, I mean, story is something that that reminds us, you know, that we're not alone. And so I think, you know, having people write this stuff right now, I think it's going to be so, so fun and so amazing and, and, and help me, if I'm just being selfish, helping me feel a little less alone um, in my, in my little town in Pennsylvania. Right. Cause I mean, there's something to be said for I mean, that, that experience of walking into almost any store and looking for holiday stuff that, that is even somewhat queer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it like, doesn't exist. Like, it's, no. it, it, yeah. Yeah. We don't get that stuff. That's a side that's supposed to be excluded from Christmas, from Advent, from that. And, um, I'm excited to see what people create and I'm excited to show everyone that it can be done. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Right. To even bring a little bit of imagination to the stories and to play and to, to have that, that space to bring a queer experience into some of our most sacred or one of our most sacred seasons um, within the church. Like, we're there too. Right. There's um, two really awesome devotionals that I'm sitting on that I haven't released yet. Um, I guess I'm, it'll they'll be released this week. Um, one is by Caitlin Curtis and she writes oh, about yeah. her, her experience as a native woman um, in this time of, of Thanksgiving and this big feast. And she takes it in such a, a, a wonderful direction you know, while also reminding us that, you know, this, this land was not the white man's land, <laughs> you know, like there were so many other people here first, you know, but also in like such a reparative and, you know, essential way. Like I love what she's done. Um, but then we also have this one about imagination by Laura Jean Truman and Laura Jean Truman's writing is just like so um, textured, you know? Like she is, um, I just hired a new uh, editor, Teresa. And like one of the things that constantly our writers get tripped up on is just the commas and the punctuation and, and whatever, and when to put it in um, parentheses or quotes or whatever. And it's real. <laughs> I know, right? Laura G. Truman is just, she, um, she is using it and you are actually able to hear her saying it in your head when she writes this stuff because she's just so on top of it. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> mm, oh my gosh. I can't either. Like those are both people that I just adore. Like right? both of them. Oh, yeah. We're, mm, we're yeah. also like, um, yeah, we have, we're in like a celebrity high when, like, when we get to talk to them or engage with them. And um, yeah. So Laura Jean Truman is also doing a fireside chat on um, in 10 days on November 29th. And yeah, it's going to be so lovely, actually, uh, just to sit in the chat room and talk to her about why she wrote what she wrote and what she meant by it and um, listen or read some of the 
some of the side stories from those who uh, participated in the devotional. You just said fireside tra- chat, and yeah. I, I feel like I have an idea of what that is. But but tell tell us more. Like what what is a yeah. fireside chat? So the fireside chat is um, a space where we have invited authors to um, commune with us. So we uh, we open up the chat space and we ask people to sign up for a specific author. <sighs> And um, we have a time and you show up basically in the app, you're staring at your phone. And um, those of us uh, at the OBA office will kind of put together a list of questions for the author, but also for the the users or the readers of the app. And um, we'll just get to hang out together in there via text. It's a private space, so it's not Twitter. It's not Facebook. Um, and only those who want to be there are there. So you really get into some really fun and cool conversation. Um, and so the way to sign up is just to go to our Bible app.com slash, um, God, what is it? It's let's, let's chat. Let's slash let's dash chat. And, uh, you'll be able to join a chat room or a fireside chat. So cool. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of answered this question, but to, to, to maybe start wrapping up, how can people get the app? Like, yeah, is it available everywhere? Is it-, it is available on Android phones and Apple phones. Um, you can also get it on an iPad or a, uh, what are those? There's another kind of tablet where you can access it on. But um, yeah, just go into the to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download it. And there it's yours. And for the most part, you're able to access um, the Bibles and devotionals. But if you want to actually um, use some of the cooler features, you have to create a password and, and sign in. And and uh, yeah, and you don't have to. Uh, but if you subscribe uh, for the $10 a year, you really help us. Uh, continue to do the work that we're doing. So we hope that people will take the time to subscribe. It's only $10 for an entire year. That's insane. For a whole year. That's less than a dollar a month. That's Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really ripping myself off. So. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And how can people find you? How can they find your work? Yeah. um, I have a website, crystalcheatham.com. I, uh, the thing that I update the most on there is the podcast, uh, Lord Have Mercy. But if you want to chat with me, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Crystal Cheatham, um, on Facebook, Crystal Cheatham. <laughs> Everything's basically Crystal Cheatham. So. Uh, well, thank you so much, Crystal. Hey, like, this thank is you so much so for cool. having me. Yeah. This was actually really nice. And um, yeah, you got me into a good headspace. I'm excited about the rest of my day now. <laughs> Oh, great. (laughs) That's amazing. Great. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Be sure to grab a copy of our Bible app wherever you get your apps and follow Crystal across the internet at Crystal Cheatham. Choreology is on Twitter and Instagram at ChoreologyPod, or you can tweet me directly at Matthias Roberts. Choreology is supported by its listeners. To help keep spreading a message of love and belonging, pledge a dollar a month or more over at MatthiasRoberts.com slash support. A really easy way to help support Choreology is by leaving a rating and a review. You can do that right in your podcast app or head over to MatthiasRoberts.com slash review and it'll take you right there. As always, I'd love to hear from you. If you have ideas of what you want to hear on the podcast or just want to say hi, reach out. I'll get back to you. And until next week, y'all, 
Bye. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.